Hello and welcome to the Franchise Tag Podcast with me, your host, Freddie Hall. I hope you're doing all okay. We are back again, the Franchise Tag Podcast for the old fan, the new fan and the UK fan. Back with Andrew, back with Adam as we get ever closer. One step closer to the draft on the 28th of April, Thursday. Make sure you book the Friday off because it is going to be a late one and you got to stay up to watch your team pick you know, the future stars, the guys that you're going to be supporting for hopefully years down the line and hopefully maybe change the success of your team for the future. Um, last week, we talked about the offensive players. We talked about wide receivers. We talked about big O linemen. We talked about uh, quarterbacks as well and how they, you know, what, where are they going to land, who, who we like out there. This time, I'm going to shift to my favourite side of the ball, the defensive side, and talk about the big D linemen, the edge rushers. I mean, edge rushers is probably going to be the number one pick, so it's going to be a lot to talk about today. And also in the secondary as well, the cornerbacks, the safeties. As ever, it's going to be great fun chatting about the defensive side of the ball this time. And the draft is just getting ever closer. Thursday, the 28th of April is when the first round will be happening. Obviously, it happens for a couple of days. So Saturday, the 30th of April, it will all culminate in the seventh round um, in Las Vegas. It's going to be great fun. Make sure you book the Friday off because you're going to be wanting it because it's going to be a late night. We're going to be talking defensive side of the ball. Adam's not his strong point, he has to admit. He's not really a defensive side. He's, a, he's Just like he is in real life when we met him, Andrew, he's a flashy dude. You know, he <laughs> likes the flashy lifestyle of wide receivers and quarterbacks. But come on, Adam, you've got to know some of these names by now. One of, and Ed Rush is probably going to be the number one pick. I mean, I have to say, I've literally just looked at our Twitter page in order to share this episode. Would you like any source with that? I mean, that is, I, I like the title, so I'll give you that. Whoever came, whichever one of you two came up with that one, I'll give you that. Um, yeah, look, I know a little bit, but I, I mean, like I say, it's just a bunch of big blokes running into each other, isn't it? I mean, I don't really know. I, there's, it's all right, but... It's not. It's not my strength. I'm a fantasy guy. Always have been. So I'm. I'm more on the uh, as, as the reigning franchise tag fantasy league champion. Um, it would be wrong of me not to be a fantasy guy. So you know that's that's all I'm saying. Well, we'll go from one guy who doesn't know anything about big guys running around to a guy who knows all about big guys running around and smashing into each other, which is Andrew. I mean, his favourite pastime is college football. He knows everything about college football. The, the defensive linemen, the edge rushes in, in particular, the cornerbacks, the safeties. There's a lot of depth in this draft, Andrew. And edge especially, there seems to be maybe some game changers. Maybe not like the Chase Youngs of the world who have had in recent drafts. But there's definitely some players you've got to be keeping an eye out for, right? Yeah, definitely. You've hit the nail on the head with what you just said there with uh, the depth of the uh, defenders that are in this. I mean, you're, you're going to be picking up day one starters in round three in this draft from some of the linebackers and edge rushers. So, yeah, it's going to be entertaining. And there's um, and there's two right at the top of the table. Um, it doesn't matter what order they get picked in. They're both absolute stud superstars. Um, and that's Aiden Hutchinson uh, from Michigan and Kayvon Thibodeau from Oregon. Uh, they are insane. I don't know how the teams are going to pick between the two of them. Uh, for me, the only difference between the two is um, Aiden Hutchinson's probably... The big season that he had last year, uh, getting into the playoffs, he showed that he was very polished. He was very like he knew the job and he was very clever. And you can see he's like his knowledge of the position is great, which I think helps him. He's got a great motor on him and he doesn't give up. Uh, and with that combination of knowledge and not giving up, created the great place that he did. And then the difference between him and Kayvon Thibodeau is Kayvon Thibodeau is a freak of an athlete. He's such a raw talent um, and his ceiling's so high. 
uh, and we didn't see everything from them at college. We saw glimpses of how powerful, explosive, you know, this this guy is going to hunt people down and, and beat people on the corner. Um, so, yeah, it, it, that's the difference between the two. Uh, it doesn't matter which order they go in, you're going to get an absolute stud. Uh, they're going to be one and two, I think, in the draft easy. So, yeah, watch out for those two. Well, you see, you seem very, very confident that these two guys are the top edge rushers in the draft. However, I've been seeing a hell of a lot of mock, mock, mock drafts and a hell of a lot of people having Trayvon Walker very high, either at the number one spot, some people have in the number two spot going over Kayvon Thibodeau. Um, what can you tell us about Trayvon Walker out of Georgia? Yeah, I mean, I've got him going to the, the Giants, so I haven't got him falling too much, uh, <laughs> too much lower out of where he's going, uh, which obviously proves that I do rate him as a player. Uh, I think that it's, it's tough here because I'm taking uh, what Hutchinson and Thibodeau did of, of their, uh, their, their whole college career, what they did last year, what Thibodeau's done his whole time he's been there. But uh, yeah, that Georgia defense has just produced some absolute superstars this year. It's just all defense. You know, we're probably going to be talking about maybe five or six of them in just in this show. Um, and he's a product of that. And his combine uh, was was probably the most exciting out of all of these guys. It's really, that's what I think's excelled him into people now talking about whether he's going to be the first pick. I think there's still. Uh, he's not polished and he's got some errors in his game. And because he was in such a strong defense, he was able to to showcase some of his talents a, um, a bit better. Whereas the other two, they were the two big name and two big guys of of, that, of their teams. So for me, I think this guy is is a, is a great talent. Like I say, his combine was insane. Um, so he's he's definitely a strong talent, and I'd, he'd be great on any team. But he's not the polished article for me, which is why I don't think he should be one of the, in the mix for that first pick. Can I just quickly um, ask, is that why he's sort of like sawn so high to the number one pick? Because it feels like from looking, I mean, like I say, I'm not a massive defensive guy, but looking at the tape, I it seems odd to me that he has sort of almost like today, there was it was coming out saying that um, the Jags were interested and in looking at taking him on. To me, it feels strange that he's the one who's been touted as the number one pick. I mean, you look at um, Aiden Hutchison, you look at Tripodeau. I mean, they're they're monsters, sort of thing. They really are. They're, they're like, and you look at what they've done over at college. I mean, like I say, don't look at it much, but even I can work out when I can see a guy who can run pretty quick at a quarterback. And it's like, especially Hutchinson. To me, he kind of almost looks like a. Kind of a, similar to Max Crosby in a way, not quite at that level, but kind of it could potentially get to that level. And and Tribodeau kind of has that sort of potential to really go off and and, and be special. And it, it just seems like there's a few character concerns on him, which seem a little bit harsh. But I, I can kind of maybe um, from what I've read. But yeah, it, it just kind of feels like Walker. He's he's not. He's not really in the same boat as them two, to me. Yeah, definitely. That's what I'm saying. He's, he's not in the same boat. Um, the, the the two guys that are at the top for, for me, uh, they've proven their their intelligence at that position. Uh, like I said, there is slight differences with the way they play. Uh, I think the, the thing with Trayvon Walker is the how good of an athlete he is. Uh, I think people might want to take a gamble on him. 
to to use those talents in in their organization because you know there's a lot of um great people at that position so yeah definitely i think prior to uh, the combine i had him slightly lower i think i had um Klaftis above him based on what he did at college so yeah it's definitely the draft that's sort of propelled him and showcased what a what an athlete he is so um yeah if, if the coaches like him and he's worked out well for them the only thing with Thibodeau I'd say is the injury worries maybe that was uh, a, a reason why people but yeah it's it's um definitely definitely the combine that's that's excelled him Adam how much do you think the edge position because like we said we, we've it, the feeling is that the number one pick is going to be an edge rusher. How important do you think this position is to teams now? When you look at people like TJ Watt, like Miles Garrett, even last year, Mike Parsons was a linebacker, a cover linebacker coming back. They moved him down to edge and he was phenomenal for the Dallas Cowboys. I mean, we talk about important positions in, in NFL, the quarterback position, the offensive, the left tackle position for, for most quarterbacks. Obviously, it's right tackle for the, for the lefties of the world. But And the cornerback position is very important to a lot of people. But this edge rushing position now, I do you think in, in the last few years, it's always been important, but in the last few years, has it rose in, in that sort of idea in the coach's mind that we need an elite edge rusher to be able to be you know relevant to go into win the Super Bowl? Yeah, I, I think... Look, I, to be honest, I think every position has kind of risen to be like you, you need the whole squad. If, you, if you're going to make it to the Super Bowl and get that way, then you really do need the whole squad. I think um, I think the thing that probably sets edge rusher slightly apart from, say, like a safety or a linebacker is that you need that speed off the line in order to be able to push the the other team's offensive line back and it, it's the it's the biggest way that you're going to stop their quarterback from being able to do anything I suppose so yeah you, you need that that kind of aggression off the edge because if you can get that aggression off the edge then you're more likely to be able to displace the quarterback out of the pocket and although you're gonna get your you know, quarterbacks who are quite comfortable out of the pocket and you're seeing more and more that that's the reason why they are, because obviously they're getting pushed out quicker by these guys. So, you know, it, it needs to happen. I do think that it is an important position. Um, and it, it kind of feels like when it comes to the draft, it's becoming more and more important. And I don't know if that's just because you get injured maybe potentially a bit quicker at that position because it is such a you know standing start explosive position there's more chance of an injury being picked up or if there's another reason but it it does kind of feel like the draft is very much the edge rushers thing and and you do see uh in free agency you do see the odd one or two going at like old when they're older but it does feel like it's more of a draft position and more important for for the draft and we said this word was going to be used a lot in this draft, and that's depth. And um, depth and more depth in this edge position, Andrew, because you've got people, we talk about these three guys really you've seen as the top ones, but you also have got players like Jermaine Johnson, um, Boye Maffe, uh, David Ajaba. Unfortunately, he, he has had a major injury. and looks like he's probably not going to be really able to play next season. But he, a lot of these teams are very can be very patient and wait on someone like him to to be a starter in the, in the season in 2024. Um, sorry, in 2023. Um, again, like I said, depth. What other names should we be looking out for? George Karloftis is another name that we mentioned a moment ago. Is it going to be easy for these teams to find elite edge rushers in, in low in the draft? 
Yeah, I mean, you've just uh, brought up the view from there. I think um, Jermaine Johnson's definitely one that's, that's going to, his stock's definitely going to rise. You know, he's a former product of Georgia. He started his, his career at George Bulldogs. Uh, he didn't want to be in the rotational system they've got, went over to uh, FSU and showcased his talents there. And he's another guy that had an absolutely fantastic combine as well. Um, yeah, it's David Ajaba, like you said. Um, if a team has already got strength at that position, they're looking for a youngster to bring in uh, for the future, I'd definitely take a gamble on him because if once he's healed from his injury, he's going to be another standout talent. He's, he, he was in the talk of being in the, that top three, four of, at this position prior to his injury. So it's a true shame about the injury with him. But you're looking all the way down to sort of like Drake Jackson at USC. Uh, you know, you, you're going to be picking... He is an absolute... Fantastic talent as well. And like I said, you're going to be getting these guys maybe late round two, early round three. So there's there's definitely depth at the at the edge position. Like I said, it's a blue chip position. It, it sets up the whole defense and and gives you a chance on offense. So uh yeah, that there's there's some definitely some names to be looking out for. Well, let's look at the inside of the defensive line. Now, the two big names that are really taking the spotlight that feel like they're going to be first round picks. And if you haven't seen them already, you you have then you need to get back on your phone and, and take a look at him because he's been everywhere all over social media for the NFL. And that's Jordan Davis, um, a true monster man, ridiculous pace, more of a nose tackle uh, for Georgia uh, this last offseason. And then his teammate next to him, Devontae Wyatt, who, again, monster of a man, a pure athlete, um, a guy that, that is maybe a, a more every down defensive lineman compared to Jordan Davis. I mean, these guys have both been touted, Andrew, to go in the first round. Um, it's just some real athleticism by both of them. Are they definitely going to be a first-round talent for you? They're both, yeah. If you fit the nail on, they're both the two uh, first-round talents of this class for that position. Uh, if your team is struggling at um, blocking the run, then Jordan Davis is your guy. He is by far the best run blocker in in run. run? Yeah, I suppose that's right, isn't it? Run blocker. He's not a blocker. Stop run on. defender, run defender. Yeah. Uh, he's the best in this draft class by a long way. Uh, he's going to stick that position. He's not well known for being a guy that's going after the quarterback. He's mainly, you know, stopping that run. Um, so he's an absolute monster, like you said. And the athleticism that he showed at the combine is just immense. Uh, my only worry with him uh, would be if he's a three-down back. Uh, the size of this guy and the amount that he has to go hard all the time. Is he going to be in there all the time? Does that really matter? Can you use him in a rotational system? And that's where Devontae Wyatt is probably the name that might pip him. I mean, I, I think um, Davis is the one to gamble on, but Wyatt's, uh, is, he is a three-down back. He's going to be in there all the time. He has got the athleticism. You know, he's so explosive off the line. His, his first step is so quick that the offensive line can't even keep up with him. So if you want a guy to bear down the uh, quarterback's neck, then... You know, that, that's the one to go for. Outside of these two, I think you're probably looking at maybe uh, round two players. I think they're probably the only two that are going to go in the first round for me. Adam, it kind of escaped your mind looking on Instagram and seeing this guy's combine or both of these guys' combines. I mean, terrifying, right? Just terrifying. Yeah, I mean, he... Uh, he you wouldn't want to meet him, would you, in a, in a, on a dark <laughs> night? Let's put it that way. <laughs> I mean, it's... Uh... It's insane. I mean, he's six foot six, three hundred and forty-one pounds, and he can do forty yards in under five seconds. It's like, um, yeah, it's not. It's, it's not someone you want to be messing with anytime soon. Yeah, it's crazy. And 
and as Andrew said, it's like they're both pretty good. You know, they're, they're both D. But Devontae Wyatt, I mean, he's, he's really good. The difference is, is that he just can't. He isn't the same size. That is the difference, really. It's like, so the fact that you can, that Jordan Davis can do all of that and be like about 35 pounds more than what Devontae Wyatt is, that's what's so crazy about it. So, yeah, I mean, it's it's pretty crazy. I think, to be honest, I think whichever ever one it, you take, I think that each team will be happy with whoever they get. Um, I did have a look at some of the others. As Andrew said, I think they're the only two that are like first round. The other two, uh, other three that I saw, they're all right, but they're not they're not going to be first round guys. It's more sort of like you know build them up and and hopefully they'll um they do well but yeah i mean them two are uh, they're going to be difficult for any offensive line to compete against i suppose we'll stick on the front seven while we're here then we'll look at the linebackers again a position that has a ton of depth however the two names that have been uh, picked to be maybe first round talents maybe even into the second round is is devin lloyd at linebacker position and uh nicobe dean i know there is other names that andrew i'm sure will tell us about as well but uh, these guys have both. I've seen David Lloyd mocked a lot in the first round. Nakoba Dean seems to be dropping to the second round in a lot of mocks. Um, is is it more? There is a lot of depth in this position this year than there is now. And out great linebacker out of all of them. I mean, we had Michael Parsons last year, who seemed to be the front runner's best linebacker in, in in the draft. There is it this year again. More about depth. Um, yeah, there's some talent at this position. I just don't think we've got the level um, that we had last year at the linebacker position. I think a lot of the linebackers, Parsons, Ojolari, people like that, that um, had good rookie seasons, they were able to play linebacker. They were able to play edge rusher. They they could move all, all around the field. I think we've got some more traditional just linebackers in here. And uh, yeah, Lloyd is, is, is the one. I, I think he stands out a lot higher than the rest of rest of the guys in here. You know, versatility, dynamic. You know, he's, he's a big, he's big time on the on the pass rush, and he's a playmaker. Um, so, you, you know, that that's going to be the guy. Like you said, Dean might sneak into uh, the first round at the at late first round, but he again is another guy from Georgia. Um, we, we've mentioned what this is our fourth Georgia player we've mentioned already, uh, and we're only sort of in the first twenty minutes of the show. Um, mm-hmm. So. Very talented, on a great team. That was a championship defence. It's one of the best defences we've seen in, in college for a while. And he was part of it. And he was the best one at the position. Bear in mind, there's, there's two there's two guys that are going to go into this draft at linebacker position from uh, Georgia because um, Kay Walker's going to go in there as well. And he, <laughs> look at the depth just from Georgia itself. It's just insane. Um, but yeah, you've got some more traditional guys that are going to be a little bit further back. Your Christian Harris's. Uh, wasn't you, you know like I said he's good front seven uh, he wasn't great in in coverage um, you know Brian Asamoah people like that they're gonna they're gonna impact and they're gonna be great in any team as a traditional linebacker but Lloyd Devin Lloyd is is is, is the standout one that's gonna really change uh, that linebacker position like we've seen maybe a little bit more uh, from the guys that have been in the previous drafts. Adam, do you think that a lot? Of, we talk about Georgia and their their defense being you know such a powerhouse, and they've got so much talent going into this draft. And we we had it from the LSU team that people saw it as the best college team that's ever really played. Is that LSU team? And nearly all of their talent 
really did transpire into into the NFL. And they've done, for the most part, there's a few that have been injured and have been a little bit unlucky with it. But do you think coaches look at this, you know, these teams and, yeah, all right, there's coaching there, they're with each other, but do they look at this and go like, well, we, we can pick anyone from this defence because it was just that dominant? Or do you think it does play into the fact of the fact they're going from college to NFL, but, you know, the, the defensive players they have around them maybe weren't, weren't as good as the ones they had at college? How much do you think that does influence when coaches are looking to pick these players from very specific teams? I think it probably does influence them a little bit, doesn't it? I mean, you, you have like... You have teams like Alabama, Georgia, you know, you've got these big powerhouses. They, they have the, the most money and therefore they get the most players that come in. So it, it kind of feels like because of that, you're in a way that might be why it happens. It's like, I mean, we've seen it for years, haven't we, over here in football and stuff like that. It's, it's quite a common thing that you see with almost like the England team over here. They only pick players from the best teams in the Premier League half the time. Mm. So, yeah, I mean, I, I think that's not uncommon that, that's that you know, they, they feel more comfortable picking players from teams like Georgia, maybe not so much Georgia all the time, but certainly like Alabama. Um, you know, Clemson was another one that's always had a lot, like you said about the LSU team. It's almost like, well, we all know that team's really good, so therefore we're going to pick everyone from it. And it's like mm. there wasn't anyone who was bad there. So... Yeah, they, they probably do look at it. I mean, I, I'd just say on the linebackers, I, Devin Lloyd seems to be a step above for me. I, I think he is. I mean, he's from the tape, you look at him, he's all over the field. It's like he's, he's consistent at every part of that position as well. And that's something that you don't see very often as someone so young. So I think for that, I'd be very surprised if he wasn't a first round pick. Um, and as Andrew said, Nakobe Dean seems to be the number two that everyone's talking about. But I, I don't know. He might go first round as well. But I think Lloyd seems to be the guy to go for if you want a linebacker. Just picking up quickly on what Adam's just mentioned there about those teams. Uh, obviously, not not a huge follower of uh, college. The, the names that you mentioned were mainly all SEC teams. They all play in the same division. They're all teams that their schedule is so hard that they're the ones that are the easiest tracked to the championship game. That's why they managed to get all the players. The coaches that are at these teams are all ex-NFL coaches. Majority of their um, coordinators, you know, back office, everything like that are all ex-NFL players. So the schemes that they are running in training and, and every down are more NFL related, which is why these guys from big SEC teams translate so much better into the NFL, which is why people are going to take a gamble on them, which is why people are going to rise up the boards because the smaller schools just, you can, you have the raw talent and you have stuff like that, but they're more of a experimental and what they pick up the plays. But if, if you go for one of the SEC teams, it's almost like they're going to pick it up straight away because they've been doing it for three or four years at college. Well, we'll move on to the secondary talent, the, sec the players in the secondary who, are, again, we said we're going to use this word a lot, depth, but it adds to the name of this episode that we put out. We've got to talk about Ahmed Gardner, known as Source Gardner. We've got to talk about players like Derek Stingley. Um, we've got to talk about um, a guy that every name I'm thinking of is just moulding together. I know there's a trend for something in there somewhere. McDuffie. Uh, McDuffie. I was going to say Trent McBride for some reason. Um, Kaya Elam. 
uh, I, I about to say Santi Samuel Jr., but that was last year. Um, I'm thinking of the lad that is very similar name to him, though. Andrew Booth Jr. That's the one, Andrew Booth Jr., um, which now in hindsight sounds nothing like a Santi Samuel Jr., <laughs> apart from the junior bit. Um, corners, uh, uh, Andrew, again, it seems like they're going to be picked quite high in this first round. Again, a lot of depth and a lot of good players. Um, I know Derek Stingley for you is the one you think is going to be the best. Um, but tell us why that is and tell us what you think about the other guys. Yeah, I mean, Derek Stingley for me was was the guy that was on watch, like watch this guy is going to be the next great talent from his first uh, ever snapper at LSU. And that did showcase uh, in his early seasons. He, he was easily the best at that position and he was always going to be NFL talent. He's part of that 2019 championship team that you're just on about um, that was insane. Um, he, it, for me, is, is, is everything you want in uh, a cornerback. He's athletic, you know, dynamic. He's, you know, his technique's fantastic. He's a physical guy. What I really like about him is he's the type of cornerback that you can leave on his own to one-on-one with someone and he'll create that like island, you know, that everyone always talks about when they move into the NFL. And that's what I love about him. I, I just feel like he's, he's, he's the most polished one at that position. And if you watch his tape um, from his training sessions when he was marking the likes of Jamar Chase, you can understand why people are so hot on him. It's just the injury worries uh, with him. He's had a broken ankle. He's had other various injuries that have uh, knocked him out and uh, really dropped his stats and his production um, slightly at LSU and also the clear out of virtually every single player at LSU to the NFL <laughs> didn't really help him. He was kind of on his own a lot. Uh, but he's, I feel like he still held his own and still showcased how good he was when he was the only defender on that team. Um, and then when you're looking at the other side of things, you're talking Source Gardner, you know, it's a guy where you go in, let's look at the facts, let's look at the stats. You know, what is it? A hundred, like mid hundred, hundred and forty, hundred and fifty snaps, no, no touchdowns whatsoever. Uh, I think he had like a only a 42% um, completion rate against him. Uh, yeah, the, the guy is he's probably, probably the best um, at pass coverage he's a physical guy and I suppose what's really really good about him from his first year well not last year the year prior he had um I think 11 penalties last year he only had two penalties he's learning he's progressing I think that's what uh, a lot of people look for now when they're looking at this draft talent they're going like who's progressed year on year because once if they're progressing in college what's the progression going to be like when they move up to the big time uh, whereas Stingley sort of came in as a as a as a great prospect and sort of just stayed a great prospect. Uh, if anything, sort of dropped slightly in production value. Whereas Source has just risen uh, and learnt and polished his game. Um, and, and and stats don't lie. So yeah, it, it's going to be it's going to be tough to pick between the two of them. I think. But I think the injury worries might um, sort of if if you do if you do your homework right and you go and meet him at his facility and do all the checks and everyone's happy with him. For me, he's the first pick. But if there's slight worries and concerns there, Source is going to be the guy. It's a guy that I'm, I'm more than happy to have with the Giants uh, if we mm -hmm. get rid of Bradbury. So, 
<laughs> You'd be hoping. And uh, Adam, a team, well, whether you like it or not, has picked a lot of cornerbacks in the last few uh, few drafts. What teams do you think are going to be eyeing up that position in the first round this year? I think the Jets are probably a standout, aren't they, really, for a corner? <laughs> I mean, there's there's lots of teams out there that that need corners. And, and as you've said, you know, depth and all of that, there's, there's so many of them out there that, that kind of need it. Um, I think the Jets are, are an obvious one that could do with, with picking up a corner. Um, I quite, I, I think probably the Texans are another one. I mean, you've, you've got all these teams haven't you really that have struggled they all they all need one um i think maybe the ravens the ravens wouldn't be a bad one to pick up one team that i do think could do with it maybe a little bit later and i do actually feel that there's a strong chance that four of these guys are going to go in the first round i think that so. they are they are very good um the bills i think the bills could do with a bit of corner help that's that's something that's improving already great defense would be something and and then the Bengals, I think they're another team that could deal with the the Halpert corner. But there's there's uh, like I say, there's about I think there's four that will go in the first round, uh, and and they're all they're all very good. But um, yeah, I mean, I I kind of feel like I I thought I might have a bit of a bit of a fight on my hands here for Derek Stingley because I actually feel like he is the best one on tape just purely from that. 2019 season and it's more injuries that's and people leaving that's been the problem for him but everyone's very hot on Gardner and and feels that he's going to be the main guy I do think he he has the potential to really change that position though and really be someone who who can stop the wide receivers purely because of his size I you don't see many corners at like six foot three I think it's it's gonna be that's gonna be massive for him and whoever takes him. So I, I think that's definitely something. But there's some good corners in this in this draft, and you know we say every year there's good corners in this draft, and I just think we've got I think we've got four more certainly in the first round that are going to be big for the NFL. So who are your other two outside of Stingley and um, and Gardner who you think will go in the first round? So I I think McDuffie will go in the first round. I think Booth mm-hmm. will probably go in the first round as well. Um, Booth is the one who might be a little bit, he might drop out into the second. But I think that they're the two. They, they both look like, they both look really good. I mean, they're just, you know, they, they, they're great against most coverages. They, they're good. At, they've got the speed, the, the ability to turn around quickly, you know, they're, they're, with them two and Gardner and Stingley, I think they're your, they're your four that have, have got a really good chance. And then I know that Elam's there as well, but I, I feel like he's the one who's maybe just a little bit, little bit off of them. Do you agree? Do you think Elam will kind of uh, drop into? Second? I think there's a potential of uh, six of them going in the first round. I think it's 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 that good of a cornerback. Um, Outside of the, the six, yeah, maybe not so much. But so I think there might be a bit of a fight on for them. Uh, for me personally, I think uh, Elam's probably uh, up there, at my fourth best uh, cornerback in this league. He's, you know, he's got a better coverage rate than both um, Stingley and uh, Gardner. You know, only forty-two percent um, completion rate against him. I think people are really like. I don't know why people aren't more hot on him. Um, mm. Plays out of SEC, plays Florida Gators, 
absolutely fantastic talent. I think come the day he'll probably rise up. I think Andrew Booth again. I think he's he's up there for me uh, as a great talent. If you only look at what he he played against Ohio State, if you look what he did against Ohio State, you, you wouldn't be going like maybe he's not the guy. He's very consistent. He's not flashy. I think that's why people aren't talking about him. But if you're marking sort of the likes of Alave and 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 Wilson, and they're the guys that were saying could be one, two in the draft for sort of the wide receivers, you've got to be putting them in the conversation there. And then, yeah, Trent McDuffie, uh, Roger McCreary is probably the next two for me. So I think all of them, um, in what it, after, after sort of the main two, could go in any order. Uh, but I think mm. they're all first-round talent. And I think what's important is the cornerback position is it's one of those positions where you go, you can never have enough of them. You can never have enough good corners. Look at Den look at Denver and Carolina last year. They they in the top ten picks, Pat Sertain and uh, JC Horn, and both really no one had them mocked to take either of a, a cornerback position because they always said that well you're, you've already got some pretty decent cornerbacks. But teams are always looking for good corners. I mean, I think good teams, this you know, good teams like the the Patriots, the Steelers would definitely be sniffing around maybe a cornerback. Um, you could even maybe argue the books. Um, there, there's definitely some of the every team never has enough there's only a few teams out there but i'd say have a very strong cornerback room there's a lot of teams with a very good cornerback in singularly in itself but there's not that many teams out there who have got a whole room full of really great corners so i think yeah there's going to be a lot of ones that go high um i i agree with andrew i think i, I think a good six could could six to four could go in the first round and then i think it's going to be a, a lot of picking on you know into the second and the third I, you know and there may be a bit of a drop off after that but Every team is still looking, is, is, is always in the market and always in the hunt for a cornerback compared to a lot of other positions that you can go for in the draft. Um, I, I, I mean, safety is a position we'll also talk about as well, whether it be free safety or a strong safety. Um, I, I, but there's only one guy really that is catching the headlines. However, again, there is some decent players. It just seems to be that Carl Hamilton seems to be the name on everybody's lips. A lot of people have said he's the best out-and-out -out player in the draft. Um, and I've also seen as well that in the last few weeks, people are finding him out a little bit and that he's actually not as good as maybe everyone thought a little bit. He maybe has, has suffered a bit from draft fatigue where people have gone on about him a little bit too much. Um, I, I feel like, Andrew, you're going to strongly disagree with that and, and definitely back Hamilton in the corner here for, for being a, a one of the best prospects to come out of this draft. Yeah, I mean, he's my unicorn for the draft, uh, easily. Um, he's the best player in the draft. Um, you know, he's, he's six foot four. You, I reckon this guy looks the size of a tight end, but it's got the speed and athleticism of a wide receiver. He's just an absolute monster. Uh, he's smooth and cool when he's in coverage, like it just looks effortless. But he's aggressive uh, when, when he's coming in to, you know, against the run. I mean, what's what's there not to like about him? He looks like a cornerback. He plays at linebacker. You know, he can play. You could play him anywhere, anywhere at all. Cornerback, safety, linebacker. You know, what an absolute monster of an athlete! What a weapon to have on a team that you could use him everywhere. And I think when you look back at the tape, I mentioned to this this to you, Freddie, before. I don't know if you went away and watched it. I told everyone to go watch what he did against FSU when he cleaned up. Uh, errors that Notre Dame did, sort of like blown coverages and running backs coming through. The running back one is the biggest one. He's on the other side of the field. The running back breaks to the the other opposite side to what he's on. No one knows who's picking him up. He runs down the field by himself. 
And Carl Hamilton covers the whole length of the field from sideways to sideways and gets not only like breaks the play up, but gets an interception as well. He can catch. Right. This guy's like hands are as good as a wide receiver. Um, so he's not one of these guys that Adams say, you know, they, they only play in that position because they didn't make it a wide receiver. This guy is <laughs> real deal. Uh, and I think he's, 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 a, he's a guy that you can get on your team and really build a team round. Uh, a lot of people say the edge rusher um, is the one, but I think you can do it with him just with the versatility of the amount of positions he can play. Um, you can't go wrong. Can't go wrong with him. Can I just um, quickly ask on on this one? Because there's, as as you know, anyone who watches knows Adam likes a bet, um, and there's a, there's quite some there's for me there's some nice odds on how many safeties go in the first round. I was looking at the tape of of these guys, and I, I saw Kyle Hamilton. Obviously, is going to be a first round. Uh, I mean, it's crazy to think otherwise. But I saw Daxton Hill, and to me, he looked pretty good. But there's not, there's no hype around this guy. It's like they're not people just aren't really saying a great deal about him. And yet, from what I could see, he looked pretty good, and he had a good combine. And it just kind of feels a little bit like, you know, am I, am I going to be stupid to think that there's going to be more than two go in the first round? Or I think I think two's probably the limit, and I think that's yeah. surely surely because you I mean you can work this out yourself. Maybe not that many teams need uh, a safety, and the other areas of positions that um, they're going to need are, are going to be higher on their board. It's not to say that these players aren't as good. Like Freddie said, you you need a stack of cornerbacks in your team because no one's got two great cornerbacks. Everyone has one good cornerback, so you need multiple ones of these. You need one fantastic safety i feel like uh and and uh, there is a lot in the league already um i mean there's, there's one still on free agency that no one's picked up yet um mm -hmm. and i think daxon hill um is definitely first round uh, material and definitely a guy that people should be talking about and there should be the hype around him um i don't think um i think it's surely because that you're only looking towards the end of the draft um that someone might need him. I had him boxed in at maybe going to Kansas just for what's going on there. So, uh, yeah, I don't think it's necessarily he's not fantastic. It's just do your mock draft and see where you can fit him in. Uh, and that, I think that's the issue that uh, teams are having. Yeah, no, I just because you just look at it and you just sort of think, you know, I mean, as you know, I'm always after, you know, try and win a bit of money whenever you can, sort of thing. So, but no, it's just he was um, the the bets on like over one and a half, and I just kind of felt like the Daxton Hill, like I say, looking at the tape, he just seems like a really quick, smooth runner to me. He just seems very good and like he knows what he's doing, and it just kind of it's strange that I don't know if it's almost like because Hamilton is just getting so much praise that it, it almost sort of like reflects badly on the other guys. But yeah, he just kind of felt like he was the one who, who would be, you know, would have a chance of getting in there. Yeah, easily. You've got to look what his uh, college did as well. You know, they, they were fantastic all year and he was a main part of that. Um, so yeah, it, is he bet to have... Uh, those uh, we've got Freddie back. Uh, was you better have just more than two or four? Two, no, no, two. over one and a half. So you to get okay. two in there. Yeah, 
like I say, easily for me. One of those teams down that uh, bottom of the draft as well. I think they're going to need a safety. So um, I think he'll creep. I think he'll creep in. Like I say, Kansas is a team that he could land at. Fred, you back with us? I'm not sure. I'm not sure if. Uh, so apologies if uh, we all cut out there for a moment, franchise type fans. Um, not overly sure if my stream is still working. Okay, could you guys hear me? Yeah, yeah. Okay, I can't hear either of you. So um, I, I will, I will come out and uh, maybe Andrew and Andrew can talk with themselves for a moment about the a, a couple of little bits, and I'll come back in and maybe say goodbye to you all. So sorry, just bear with us for a minute, and we'll get that all sorted. Um, one other guy that, that, yeah, just one other guy that I was looking at was Jalen Petrie from Baylor. I mean, yeah. obviously, like it, it feels like he's more of a round two pick rather than rather than going in the first round. But he's sort of he seems like he's a you know going to be a, a good safety and and someone that's definitely worth looking at. Yeah, easily. Um, I think he's uh, early round two as well. I don't even think he's going to drop that far into round two. Um, I think those guys. I think if anybody's addressed a different position early, then it's he's perfect. He's he's perfect there where he's going to fall. There's a few of them I've seen that if you are looking to strengthen that position, um, you know Georgia again. I've, I've got another guy in Lewis Sign, um, and um, I think Nick Cross from Merlin's absolutely fantastic. I know when I've been doing any mock drafts for any teams, if I've gone, mm, I think they need a safety, I've been waiting to round two, round three, and picking Nick Cross up in those rounds. Um, Kirby Joseph's one of them that everyone's been talking about. You'll probably hear a lot more about him coming closer to the draft. Uh, they're, they're guys for me. Um, yeah, so you're addressing your other position, your main positions first, and these are the guys, these are the names that are going to be going there, and they are good enough to start they're good enough to start straight away um so yeah there's some steals at that position later on and just quickly before we before we wrap this up i mean what obviously you know giants fan you're constantly going for uh it, you look at every mock draft it's all on the defense it is what it what it feels like i know on occasion you get an offensive tackle but i mean how many more do you really need it's like it's getting ridiculous and so it, it kind of feels like, you know, you're, you're probably going to go for the defence. You've got five and seven now. I mean, who out of these guys would you want? Uh, for me, uh, it's going to be, it's edge rusher uh, we need to address first off. Um, a lot of people want us to sort of bolster that linebacker, but I still feel that we're going to trade James Bradbury. So I think getting on board with one of the, the our pick of the cornerbacks um, would be sensible in this. Um, so it's going to be one of the three edge rushers for me of, of well, I, I can't see Hutchinson falling. For some reason, it's Thibodeau that's falling. But uh, so I've always wanted, I've wanted Thibodeau from day one um, and said he'd never fall to us. Uh, now it might be uh, realistic, but him, Trayvon Walker, I've actually got in my mock draft and either Stingley or Sauce Gardner to come in there Um and then we can address the linebacker position uh, with one of, with, with the pick. Maybe we pick up from um, trading Bradbury. So, uh, like we said, we said earlier, there's there's names there that are going to be round two, round three at linebacker position that 
uh, equally good enough to be in the chat in the top five uh, linebackers in, in this draft. So for me, uh, yeah, Trayvon Walker and either Source Gardner or Stingley for me. Yeah, there's not there's not really much point talking about uh, Green Bay. I mean, we're after every wide receiver around, so there's no point going down there. We do seem to have got Fred back. He seems to have turned up. I was just saying before we go, uh, Steelers fan always loves going for a defensive player. Which one do you <laughs> fancy in round one? Ah, uh, well, obviously, I'd love Aiden Hutchinson to go next to uh, the okay. TJ Watt. I apologise. No, can, no can you come <laughs> up and choose a realistic option? Yeah. <laughs> um, when I've been mocking, when I've been doing my mocks, every time I've got to the Steelers, it's either been o, O-line or a corner. And then when we got, you got, obviously I <clears throat> was disconnected when we got more about the safeties, but when you start talking about Daxton Hill, I've had him boxed in for Dallas Cowboys a lot of my mocks. I don't think be out there. I really thought we was, we were going to sign Tyron Matthew because we, the Steelers have still not done that. I mean, Daxton Hill could be a guy that we go for. Um, I honestly do think now with the depth at the O-line position, I think we could maybe let that drop. Um, I think we, I, I, I'd like Kyrie Elum dropping to us in a lot of my mocks. I've liked um, Booth Jr. as well, has been dropping a lot in my mocks to, to the Steelers. So I, I think if, if I'm, if I, obviously it's want the top corner, but if the corner back position is there and there's someone like Elam there or Booth, I, I definitely wouldn't dislike the Steelers taking that and maybe going for an O-lineman in that second round. Um, but again, with if Daxton Hill, I mean, if he's better than Edmonds, we've we've gone for safety in the first round before. In Ed, I believe Edmonds was a first round pick for us one year as well, and he was a safety. He's not. Current, I don't think currently with us anymore. I I, I think it's got to be a toss up between the safety or the cornerback position because I do believe we can get the O lineman in the second round and potentially even maybe trade up in the second round to get someone who we feel is is very good. Would you both agree that Steelers should go that way? I mean, yeah, I mean, most of the time I've had uh, O-line boxed in for you. I've had a guy there that I really like going to you. Um, but it looks like they're happy uh, with what they've got uh, talent-wise. Obviously, you brought in uh, Daniels, didn't you? So, um, yeah, maybe that's steering me away from it. And maybe you do go uh, cornerback, I think. Um, and you've, you've hit the nail on the head with the two names. I think Elam and Booth are going to be uh, around that area for you. And I think, um, like I said... Uh, big colleges. They know the schemes, they know the play, they'll fit in well with you. Well, there's a lot of time for us to be doing mock drafts for you guys at home to be doing mock drafts. I do apologise for the brief little interruption of uh, me going around. I don't know how that was out in the world on my phone. It was not working at all, but it could well have been all okay out in the world out there while these guys chatted away. But um, thank you for joining us once again on the Franchise Tag Podcast. We will be back hopefully with a special episode with a guest at some point to talk about the draft. I think Adam is trying to arrange for that to happen. But if there's anyone out there who would like to come and talk to us about the draft or uh, any of the podcasts, then we're more than happy to have you on and we'll do a little special episode. But we'll be doing our alternative mock draft that will be coming very soon just to annoy all the NFL fans out there, whether they're in the UK or the US, because it tends to go a little bit skew with to what an actual mock draft would look like, which is why we really enjoy doing it, because it's a little bit alternative, it's a little bit different and it's it's good fun when we do it. It tests Andrew's knowledge and it tests our knowledge of what teams will need and prioritise as well. And then we'll probably be talking about our actual mock draft where we really think people will be going. I don't know whether we'll be doing each one individually and talking through it or maybe do one together. We'll definitely be talking about that and we'll see what happens. And then it will come out with the draft 
on that Thursday at the end of April. Like I said, book the Friday off because you want to get beers in. You're going to want to go around your pals. You're going to be wanting to see your team. And, you know, you might not be lucky like the Jags fans who get to see the number one pick. You might be a Steelers fan who has to wait to 20 or you might be Adam who has to wait till, uh, well, he's got two picks as well, which makes it even more exciting. But he's going to be waiting all night. Andrew can have an early night, early bedtime because if the, if the Giants stay at both the two positions are in the top 10, but you never know, there could be a trade down. There could be a trade up. Who knows? The NFL draft is a very exciting time. And uh, make sure you check out our last episode about the offensive players who are coming out in the NFL draft, as well as this one. And uh, we've, you know, got a few names out there for you to keep an eye on. And uh, if, you know, if you're not into college football, then they hopefully will give you a bit of a guide to who to keep your eye out in the NFL draft. But until then... 